Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I'm looking at Donald Trump. He just came out of the court, and he's uh, busting on the judge, busting on the prosecutor, as he should be, as is his right. This is still America. You're allowed to complain about the system, right? Uh, suddenly, you're not allowed to. If you're Trump, you can't do it. If you're Trump, you just got to take it. You just got to take it and, and make sure. And the system is going to work, right? Yeah, the system. Well, part of the system is being able to shoot your mouth off and say what you want and when you want, how you want. Well, he's doing it. It could upset the uh, jury. No, it could. Number one, there's no jury. There should be a jury. There's no jury. What kind of trial is this anyway? Judge Engeron, it is a complete and total scam. Everybody knows it. Uh, everybody in New York, I can prove it. Oh, by the way, uh, that building down on 40 Wall Street, uh, that, that, that he undervalued. They say he undervalued that building and it was worth, uh, $200 million, but Trump said it was worth $500 million. Well, the building is worth at least that. I don't know real estate. I don't come from that world. I do glance at the real estate pages. I glance at them and I, I find it intriguing. You know, I, in my fantasy world, you know what I would love to do? I would love to buy a great big office building. I would. I'd love to write a check. So I kind of like, if, if I won the billion dollar lottery, I would probably buy a couple of office buildings and I'd give myself a really big office on the top floor or, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I love the idea. I'd, I'd, I'd make sure that the elevator looked a certain way. I'd make sure that the doormen were a certain uniform and had a certain kind of experience when it came to, and I, I would just make sure I would want to do that. I'm not going to do anything radically different. Anyway, I've thought about this more than I should because I don't think becoming a multi-billionaire is in the cards for me. However, one has these thoughts. So I've always kept an eye on what the hell costs what when it comes to office buildings. And I have a pretty damn good idea what things cost. And I developed this by looking at the damn paper. I remember when Jared Kushner bought a building for a billion dollars in 2007 on Sixth Avenue. It was a big freaking deal. Top of the sixes. It's, it's, it's a billion dollars. Wow. A billion dollar building right here in Midtown. And it's a, yep, that's what they were going for back then. And then there, of course, there are ups and downs and ups and downs and ups and downs and turning and twisting all over like a crazy wiener package. Um, but all that to say, when Tish James in her self-righteous Maya Angelou um, imitation comes out and says that uh, uh, 40 Wall Street was only worth uh, $200 million, and how could Donald Trump have put it at uh, $500 million? I just knew I just she's wrong. She's absolutely wrong. And she's counting on you not knowing any better, me not knowing any better. And even if we did, what the hell are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? Are we going to file a... An amicus brief with the court? Are we going to go to the, are we going to write the judge? Are we going to, uh, no, there's nothing we can do about it. What's the media going to do about it? Are they going to write that story? No. They're just going to let them flounder. They're just going to let this happen. 
media used to stand up for things, you know, stand up for principle. No, they hate Trump so much they're not going to stand in the way of anything. Um, and it's a damn shame. It doesn't really matter. It does matter, and it doesn't matter at the same time. I mean, have you seen these polls? Trump is on top state after state after state, swing state, swing state, important swing states. Trump is in command. Uh, the big Democrat donor world, they're totally panicking about this. Let me see here. Nevada, Trump, 52, Biden, 41. Georgia, Trump, 49, Biden, 43. Arizona, Trump, 49, Biden, 44. Michigan, Trump, 48, Biden, 43. Pennsylvania, Trump, 48, Biden, 44. Wisconsin, Trump, 45, Biden, 47. Oh, congratulations, Joe. You won one of the states. Let's see. And when it comes to the issues, the economy, national security, and immigration, Trump is beating Biden in Nevada, 24 points, Georgia, 27 points, Arizona, 29 points, Michigan, 23 points, Pennsylvania, 22 points, Wisconsin, 8 points. Now, the phony baloney issues, the phony baloney issues like uh, democracy, (laughs) democracy, who's better for democracy? Well, after all that stuff about Donald Trump being a threat to democracy, right? And so they, uh, Biden gets the edge, one point, two point, one point, two point, one point, that kind of thing. So could you imagine if the media were reporting honestly this election, where Joe would be? If they were reporting what you and I now know about Joe Biden, what, where would he be? He'd be in a total freefall. He would be, well, he would be in a weird way kind of where he is, which is the big cut guys in the party are trying to push him out. Uh, Axelrod over the weekend, uh, Obama seems to be totally through with Joe. It's David Ignatius. The swamp, the elites in the swamp, they know that Joe can't win. But you know what? Joe is angry. He's a yeller. He's a screamer. He is the president. And these aides, they come in and they can't convince him otherwise. Now, he does have that vulnerability, uh, the corruption and his family. Uh, that's a big deal. You know, somebody told me, uh, I thought I knew all of the great Joe Biden gaffes. I thought I knew all the big ones, but there's, there's a, several out there that I did not admit, that, that I missed and the media hide them from us, from me, from you. Uh, there's one in 2019 where he, they ask him, Joe, do you have any siblings? And he goes, yes, I have a brother and I have another brother and I have a sister who's the love of my life. He calls his sister Valerie the love of his life. Now, that's just weird. That's just crazy. I'll tell you what, Valerie, uh, love of his life or not, is a rich woman, thanks to Joe, running all of his campaigns, every single one since 1972. Some lady named Valerie in Delaware has become a very rich woman. He has worked this system so, so hard to make him and his family so rich. Um, Now, you don't know it. I don't know it. Oh! Remember a couple of weeks ago I had that guy Bill Stevenson on? Bill Stevenson was married to Jill Biden before Joe moved in on her. Bill Stevenson, great guy. Um, let's see. Married Jill in 1968, I think, and uh, 1972 rolls around, and, and Joe is fooling around with his wife. He finds out, and, uh, you know, he wants a divorce right away. Anyway, he's still around. He's a great guy, Bill. I've talked to him a couple of times. We've had him on this show. And he doesn't have anything bad to say about Jill. 
you know, they were young, things happen, but he, he really despises Joe Biden because Joe has been trying to exact revenge on this poor guy for a very long time. And I've proven it. I've seen the documents. I've talked about it. They brought him in on federal charges for not paying payroll tax. He had a big business, employed like 200 people, and they accused him of not paying payroll tax. And they hauled him into federal court on April 8th, I think it was 1982. And he didn't pay his uh, the, the employees the federal tax. And you know when it was due? It was due April 1st of 1982. And he didn't pay. And April 8th, they indicted him. Eight days later. He's eight days late with the taxes. <laughs> a federal indictment. They were out there out to get him for a bunch of different reasons. Has a lot to do with the guy that, the fact that Bill Stevenson is an honorable man. And Joe, uh, tried to humiliate him in court and lost in another matter. And, and Joe has been out to get him ever since. Joe and Frankie Biden and Jimmy Biden and all the rest. It's such a small town. Delaware is a state, but it's really a small town. It's smaller than Suffolk County. So why do I bring this? Oh yeah. So I've had this guy, Bill Stevenson on this show and you know, we talked and I put him on, I got I, 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 all the platforms I have. I've talked to Bill Stevenson and guess what? We made a lot of news. The New York Post, the Daily Mail, the New, uh, everybody picked up this story that Bill Stevenson had something to say and he was upset and he thinks that Donald Trump is going through the same thing. And that's a, that's a juicy story. Let's face it, right? That's a big, that's a big, it's a big story. You'd read that. Uh, Jill Biden's ex-wife is out there and talking and he says two things that Joe Biden had an affair with his wife while they were married. Doesn't hold a grudge, but that Joe Biden is making his life hell ever since and has unleashed federal prosecutors to go after him. Now that's a story. And most people recognize it as such, except for what? The little, the, 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 the newspaper, the main newspaper in Delaware. Not a word about this. Not a word. Not a word. Joe Biden still runs Delaware. And there are people out there who are still af- kind of frightened of Joe Biden. Can you imagine that? Being frightened of Joe Biden? Um, they are and, um, uh, it's, it's stay tuned. Stay tuned. Do we have anything new on, oh, let me just do this first. Who watches the Sunday shows besides me? Hmm? Anybody else watch those Sunday shows? Did you get that clip yet of, uh, yeah, this is George Stephanopoulos being an incredible jerk. George Stephanopoulos gets $25 million a year. A year, folks. $25 million a year. You think he gets it for telling the truth? Of course not. Here he is trying to beat up on good old Steve Scalise. He was the, um, what is he, the Republican whip or something like that? Steve Scalise, the congressman for Louisiana, who was shot and almost killed by a leftist Bernie Sanders supporter. And in the middle of the interview, for nothing, no reason really, um, Stephanopoulos starts busting this guy's chops about the 2020 election. Listen to this. Cut 13. Cut 13. Can you say unequivocally that the 2020 election was not stolen? What I've told you is there are states that didn't follow their laws. That is what the state constitution, the U.S. Constitution requires. You know, I've seen in my own state where we had to send our elections commissioner to jail years ago for fraud and corruption, and we cleaned up our act in our state. Every state ought to follow the laws that are on their books. That's what the U.S. Constitution says. That's not what I asked. I said, can you say unequivocally that the 2020 election was not stolen? 
Look, Joe Biden's president. I know you and others want to talk about 2020. We're focused on the future. We've talked about 2020 a lot. We're talking about how to get our country back on track, how to get our economy moving, how to stand up to the bad actors around the world. Xi is not slowing down in China. He's looking at Taiwan. You see what's going on in Russia. You see what Iran is doing to work with Hamas and other terrorist organizations. This administration needs to pick up the pace. Uh, they're not standing up to the bad actors of the around the world, the world they need to. We're passing bills to address this through the House. The Senate needs to take action. The President needs to take action as well. That's what Congressman, we're I, I, the House. I know that Joe Biden is President. I'm asking you a different question. Can you say unequivocally that the 2020 election was not stolen? All right. Hold on a second. So this is like the fifth question. There, are, There's a whole series before this. It keeps on going. and gets exasperated. George, you know what? Uh, he's not comfortable saying it. You want to be, he, it's like George wants to be on the other side, right? George, he has no patience for these people. This is what we call political correctness. There is a correct way to answer that question. There's a correct way, a politically correct way. There is a right way and a wrong way. George has, has it in mind how you're supposed to respond to this question. Steve is doing a good job. Steve Scalise, keep going. Hold you, and you've, you've seen this. There are states that didn't follow the laws that are on their books, which is what the U.S. Constitution says. They have to do. So you, ref- so you just refuse to say unequivocally that the 2020 election was not stolen. So you want to keep rehashing 2020? We're talking. I just about want an answer to the question: yes or no? Hey, shut up, George. We've asked. Look, we've talked about this before, but again, will you acknowledge that there were states that didn't follow the actual state legislative enacted laws on their books, which the U.S. Constitution says they're supposed to do? I know that every that. single I know that every court that looked at whether the election was stolen said it wasn't rejected those claims. And I asked you a very, very simple question. Now I've asked it, I think, the fifth time. Oh, and my you can't God. appear to answer. Can you say unequivocally the 2020 I told election? You, was I not told stolen? you there were a handful. There were a handful of there were a handful of states that didn't follow their laws. The rest did. The rest followed. And again, states that Trump won, states that Biden won, that did follow their laws. There were a handful of states that didn't follow the laws that were on the books. They went to secretaries of state to change the rules of the game, and then the voters didn't know what the rules were because ultimately the state laws weren't followed in those states. That's not what the U.S. Constitution says. At some point, we should go back to following the Constitution, George. The the courts have all followed the Constitution. They all rejected the claims you just made. And I I just want to say again, for the record. Or they said there was no standing. You cannot say that the 2020 election was not stolen. Yes or no was the 2020 election stolen? What, what I've told you is Joe Biden's the president of the United States, and right now he's failing the country on so many fronts that matter to families. We're talking about what matters to families today. You can keep talking about 2020. I'm talking about what's, what's wrong with our country today, how to fix the problems, how to secure America's border. You don't want to talk about that because Democrat mayors across the country are talking about how broken our border is to the point where people on the terrorist watch list from some of these hostile countries are coming into our country today, not just bringing drugs that are killing young people, uh, but people that actually want to do us harm. And this president won't take action. We've passed legislation to fix this problem, to secure our border. The president doesn't want to negotiate with us or with Democrat mayors who are telling him it's a major problem to big cities like New York that we should all be concerned about. So the president can keep talking about the past. You can. We're going to talk about the future and how to help these families who are struggling across America with high gas prices, high prices when they go to the grocery store, every other problem that they're concerned about. That's what we're focused on in this house. Uh, And George still wasn't satisfied. (laughs) Just, you know, uh, I like Steve Scalise a lot. And George is totally wrong. 
63 court cases ruled on this and found no cheat. No, that is not true. That's, that is a fake news talking point. You got to remember this. All right. Those cases, most of them did not make it, uh, to the merit phase where they actually evaluate what your merits are. They evaluate first. Do you have a claim to make this case? If I go into Pennsylvania and sue Pennsylvania because I don't think the election was fair, they'll say, well, screw you. You're not even from here. And they did that to Rudy Giuliani. Yeah, screw you. You're not a Pennsylvanian person. No, you, you, you have no standing to make this case. That happened about 60 times. All right. Remember that thing about standing. All right. That's when these cases failed. Not about the merits, but on standing. You don't have any basis to be suing. You can't do that. Somebody else should be doing it. And remember, they chased all the lawyers away. They chased the, esta- the, the establishment is afraid. All right. They keep them in line. We're just a bunch of deplorables, right? We're just MAGA, right? We're just, and we're on our own. All we've got are each other. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So I saw this ad for fertility treatments over the weekend. Very nice ad, right? I mean, fertility, we all love fertility, right? Beautifully produced, all that stuff. Um... And then I'm looking at the ad and I notice that, you know, it's all about making babies and that's beautiful, right? And then they have the parents in this commercial and, um, I noticed something about the parents, okay? <laughs> uh, well, uh, the parents were all, uh, unique in some way, shape or form. Uh, I kind of think a commercial about making babies where they uh, show you that the parents are, uh, Two black lesbians, right? I think there's a real point of view there, right? There's another message in addition to making the babies. Or uh, two gay guys, one black, one white. Or, uh, I mean, it was on and on and on like this, right? It was same-sex couples. But this is a very, you know, mainstream procedure open to everybody. Lots of people. Lot. I, I, I would hazard to guess that straight women are the prime customers for this uh what, do they, what does IVF stand for? In vitro fertilization, right? Uh, it's a great thing. It's a miracle. But it is every kind of arrangement that you can think of. And it's in your face. And then I realized this. Who saw the marathon this weekend? Anybody remember Matt James from The Bachelor? Totally great guy. Totally great guy. Happens to be black. Did you realize that Disney did not have a black bachelor? For 22 years. Why is that? Stay with me. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, Election fraud is real and it happens and it's okay to talk about it. They literally have made it so you must have faith in our elections, as if like faith, like elections is somehow a uh, a religion, and the voting booth is uh, some so a saint or a god. It's not. It's just a municipal system, and it's as susceptible to corruption as any municipal system, which is to say, it's extremely susceptible to corruption. I mean, every every other aspect of government, state, local, federal. 
We've seen corruption. Why wouldn't we see it with our elections? Of course we see. You see, you see the stuff in Bridgeport, Bridgeport, Connecticut. Even the New York Times acknowledging ballot stuffers caught on camera have upended a race for mayor. Let's see here. A judge this week tossed out the results of the Democratic mayoral primary, citing surveillance video that appears to show significant voting irregularities. He ordered election officials to hold a new primary, um, a new primary, but had no authority to postpone the general election in the meantime. And so on Tuesday, the general election will go on as planned. That's tomorrow. Um, the city of Bridgeport finds itself in this mess after videos surfaced that showed suspicious activity at absentee ballot drop boxes. Gee, just like in that movie, uh, 2000 Mules by Dinesh D'Souza. Shut up. Don't talk about that. Though. Someone's going to call the FBI. Uh, they can stay the hell out of it. I'm allowed to talk about that. So are you. You're allowed to watch Dinesh D'Souza's uh, 2000 Mules. It's a great movie. Raises a lot of important questions. In clip after clip, two women are seen stuffing wads of paper into the boxes. This is from the judge, William Clark of Superior Court in Bridgeport. The videos are shocking to the court and should be shocking to all parties. They're actually not that shocking to me because I've seen it before. In 2020, everybody. Yeah, I did. The vo- And so did you. Imagine if the mainstream media told you you didn't have to go out of your way to find this stuff and feel like a subversive somehow. The volume of ballots so mishandled is such that it calls the result of the primary election into serious doubt and leaves the court unable to determine the legitimate result. This is this this is what we call a judge talking about the merits of a case. What we had with the federal election, with the presidential election, Rudy would go into court and they'd say, "Oh, you have no business being here. You're uh, you're you're representing not the campaign. You're representing the president." They'd always give him the runaround. This is uh, dynamite stuff. These videos look very very much like some of the videos I saw in uh, January of 2020. How about that? Now, what else is going on? You notice that. Certain mass shooters they love talking about, and certain mass shooters uh, they love ignoring. Uh, love ignoring. They just ignore, right? We get mass shootings all the time. All the time. It's a horrible. I wish we didn't. But we have a lot of people out there who are crazy. And uh, a lot of trans people are crazy. In fact, I'm sorry, if you're transgender, that is almost by definition a mental disorder. There's a problem there. There is a problem there. Gender dysphoria is a very, very rare thing. And when it is diagnosed, it is a disorder, but uh, it can be treated. And a number of adults, that's fine when you're an adult. But for kids, obviously, that's crazy. So you'll notice that every time there's a um, anybody they can, ooh, it's a white man. Let's, uh, let's say that uh, he's a Trump supporter and he's a white supremacist. What shooting comes to mind? Oh, yeah, the Atlanta spa shootings. Some crazy guy had a hang-up with uh, Asian massage parlor workers, and he and he went around shooting them, all right? It was very much of uh, some weirdo sexual hang-up this guy had, all right? It wasn't white supremacy. It wasn't KKK. And the FBI and the, uh, the local sheriff said that right away. Didn't stop Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, president and vice president, getting on a plane and showing up there in Atlanta, it happened in Atlanta, and claiming white supremacy, white supremacy, white supremacy, white supremacy. Why do I bring this up? Oh, yeah, because we are hearing, we're seeing, uh, we're seeing reports that the manifesto 
from the Nashville Covenant School. Remember that beautiful school where the children and a teacher and a janitor were shot by that crazed gun woman, the transgender person? And we heard right away from the cops that this transgender woman, I can't remember the name, by the way, I'm going to look it up, um, left behind a major manifesto. The cops actually said that right away, and it looked like the manifesto was an indication of, you know, the motivation and why she did this. Some people get bent out of shape when I call uh, the transgender shooter a she. Well, she was born a she. I think she wanted to be a he, so therefore I go with the she, okay? Let's see here. Transgender shooter Nashville. Um, I know you know. Audrey Hale. Audrey Hale. Open fire, killed all those beautiful children. Now we are seeing her, what we believe to be her manifesto. Her statement as to why, now it has not been a 1,000% confirmed, but I'm looking at the sources. I trust these guys, and they're putting screenshots of the manifesto on uh, on social media, and I think this is the real deal. Now, with all that said, what does it say? Hey, James Flippin just walked in. Hey, what's up, Greg? Yeah, Aubrey Hale, I think I saw on line audrey aubrey so like that she uh apparently this was not about transgender this was about her hatred of white children this was racially motivated now even though she's a white woman uh was a white woman because the cops shot her have you ever seen that body cam footage yeah it's pretty amazing it's intense i watched it like 55 times i watched it a lot i kind of wanted to be that cop to be honest it was pretty cool Let's face it. It was cool. Yeah. I mean, it was literally like something out of a movie or something, you know, in terms of it like was, them gearing up, getting ready to run in there. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. In fact, I'm going to play that for everybody. So what are you hearing about this manifesto? Is right, it the real so, deal? Well, so from what I saw, Steven Crowder is the person who shared it on social media. Now, he's a comedian. He's also a political commentator, uh, somebody who's got a well-known podcast. He does YouTube stuff. Um, but he actually, I think he's more than a comedian. He's he's like a he's a thinker. He's a conservative thinker. And there's some other people who are also posting this, crediting him, like DC Drano, <laughs> all these guys with crazy nicknames. But I think they're, uh, I trust these guys. I actually do. I yeah, trust I them mean, more than the New York Times. Well, yeah, for sure. And I think a lot of the citizen journalism that you see on social media these days is a lot of the time what uncovers things like this. And, uh, you know, there are some notes on the documents that say redacted and stuff like that, suggesting maybe it is of an official nature. You pointed out, Greg, that one of the screenshots in the background, you can actually see a police vehicle. And you're saying that, you know, uh, generally speaking, you look at it, it probably is sometime around early spring when that is being taken, that picture. I think it, I think they got these notebooks right out of the backpack and, and they, they started to, uh, you know, share them with people. And I think that's fine. I, I, I don't know though. I, we don't know a hundred percent, but I do know this, this body cam stuff. Look, I hate school shootings. I hate that it happened. I hate this. This person got so twisted and so far from God and so messed up the shooter, the chill. I mean, my God, it's all awful. Um, and it's all encouraged by this left-wing lunatic society we live in, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, if you read some of what's you know being purported as the manifesto here, you can see where this, this comes out of some of the leading progressive thought speak. I mean, you know, first she says she's a little nervous, excited too, been excited for the past two weeks. 
There were several times I could have been caught, she writes, in the summer of 2021. None of that matters now. I'm an hour and seven minutes away. I can't believe I'm doing this, but I'm ready. My hope, I hope my victims aren't. This is where wait it gets into the wait juicy stuff. Wait, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. This is the, all right, I'm looking at it. It's all, it's all handwritten, handwritten on what looks like a marble notebook. Right. Yeah, one of those copies that you can't ri- easily rip the pages out. But then, but my well, only fear is, is if anything goes wrong, I'll do my best to prevent any of the sort. Now, I will say, Greg, you tell me if I'm wrong on this, but I'm looking at these three screenshots. One of them looks like it's a book that does not have a spiral bound I in don't the middle. I the mean, ability to rip the pages out, like you said, a composition book. Well, she had uh, yeah, so. Then there's two that are from a a book that's got a spiral binding on it. I'm just saying. I, I'm, I'm just pointing out. I'm looking at this just for the first time, like you are. We're trying to authenticate what is and what isn't going on here. Now she called herself Aiden. My only fear is if anything goes wrong, I'll do my best to prevent of the sort. God let my wrath take over my anxiety. Mm-hmm. It might be ten minutes tops. It might be three to seven. It's going to go quick. I hope I have a high death count, ready to die. Ha ha, Aiden. And that would have been, I guess, the name that that Audrey Aubrey, you know, had decided to take for herself. And listen to this. This is this is the this is the evil that we're dealing with, and that is openly encouraged. Okay, this is what it says: Kill those kids, those crackers, going to private fancy schools with those fancy khakis and sports backpacks, with their Daddy's Mustangs and Convertibles. F you little SH. I wish to shoot you white ass D I C K S with your mop yellow hair. Kill all wanna kill all you little crackers, bunch of little F word rhymes with maggots with your white privileges, F U maggots. Uh now all right, we're putting this out there. Um, now, should we be? Uh, I have noticed that there is a tendency to flood the zone with the b- delusional maniac writings of anybody uh, who happens to be a, a, a stupid enough and insane enough to be a white supremacist. And they're out there sometimes, right? Yeah. I mean, I can think of that guy who was like a crazy guy living down in a van somewhere in Florida who uh, was supposedly some big Trump supporter that, you know, made all these threats against Democratic lawmakers. And we certainly heard about his writings and rantings and ravings. That was some years ago. I can't even remember the guy's name. But, you know, this is obviously, if it's true, then, yeah, it certainly would speak to the motivation surrounding that deadly mass shooting there in Nashville. Uh, yeah, it's all weird, obviously, and sad and pathetic. And just like our society is so sad and strange and pathetic and backwards and that, you know, somehow we're not supposed to confront this. The trans ideology is being forced down children's throats. It's being forced down my throat. I passed two churches today with that stupid, I'm going to throw up if I see it again, gay pride flag with the trans thing on the side. All right. You know, I I used to 2003. I'd wave the stupid thing at a parade. What the hell? You know, everything. But on a church. Are you insane? Are you insane? There are a lot of things we can't do that we want to do. Right. Right. You can't do it in church. I like threesomes. Okay, I can't do those anymore. I, I could never do those. 
I'm not going to go in with the threesome flag. I've definitely said too much that time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think that you're right in the sense that there are aspects of all this stuff, LGBTQ, whatever, where there are some people who say it's about inclusivity and being accepting of people you and just letting them live, let live, there, all that stuff. There are all kinds of things in the Bible that you're really not supposed to do, right? right? It's not just, you know, and I will say, I mean, I was jokingly referring to people have impulses. They do. Mm-hmm. Because we're human beings, we try to control those impulses. That's what separates us from, right? And I think to be our true and best selves, to the extent we can, we, we, and, and to see it embraced and encouraged in church. Yeah. Now I've had gay friends, you know, disagree with me on this because they're like, well, the way you act, you're equating gay behavior, say, with adultery. Right. And, you know, gay, you're saying gay is something illicit. I mean, perhaps I am, but not really. I don't think so. I do say this, though. I don't think it should be promoted and encouraged in church. Well, I mean, it's just also- like the things that, you know, some of us like to do who are not gay, right? There, there's a whole panoply of things that can be yeah. done. You I, just use your imagination. I understand what you're saying, and I think that there are, uh, sh- you know, a certain number of conservative Christians, maybe they're not conservative, whatever, who say that almost any sex that's not aimed at procreation, right, is somehow outside the model of what God wants and in some way sinful or, uh, you know, looking at sex as something other than what it's really intended for or all this kind of thing. And, you know, you can get into that debate if you want to, but um, you can get into that debate. You can have that discussion. But in the meantime, like there's no debate in the meantime, you know, you, you can't have a debate because it's totally embraced. Right. And you are not. You are only, and we talked about, I talked about this last week. You, you, you are defined by you want to have sex. All right. Now, sex, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're the stud of the century, right? Valentino, the American gigolo. Sex only takes up so much time, right? There's a lot of other things to do other than that. And to just make it all about this one thing, which our society is doing. And now I see this. This is actually not even about sex. This is all about the uh, race. And the toxic, horrible, phony discussion we've had about race in this country to avoid having a serious one. You know, if you are damaged mentally and you just walk around picking up the signals of society, what do they tell you? Yeah, white people are bad. Yeah, white people, white privilege is a real thing and it's bad. And, uh, you know, everyone's privileged except for you. Just look at Instagram. Give me a break. Let's see. This person, this person hates people because they wear khaki pants. Yeah, but I mean, look, even though I don't disagree with you at all surrounding what you're saying about the racialization of things and making everything about that, uh, I think something else you said was very interesting in the sense that you talked about, you know, holding back or limiting yourself somehow and like, you know, not giving into your indulgences. It seems like society doesn't celebrate that anymore in many ways. Like it's it's an in way they don't celebrate what? Holding yourself back or limiting your intake, right? Like, you know, we're, we're told that you have to celebrate women and men if they're obese. You know, you have to have injection sites for people who do opiates. You know, you can't just say, oh, you shouldn't be doing that many drugs. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. we've gotten away from this level of uh, excess is okay, I guess. Well, let me tell you this. As a formerly chubby person, nobody was celebrating that. 
it's different with guys. Like I'm thinking of like, you know, the women on social media and they say, yes, girl, yes, girl. You know, you should celebrate the fact that they're heavy, you know, that type of thing. Well, that, that may work for the Dove soap campaign, you know, online, but, um, you know, it's not good for the health. All right. Everything's all messed up. We're going to fix it though. I'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, we haven't taken any calls. Chris, you're in Warwick. Where is that exactly? Uh, in Orange County. We're about, um, you've been to Legoland. I heard you've been to Legoland. That's true. That's true. Is that, wa- is that, okay. I know where you are roughly. Uh, so what's up? Uh, you mentioned earlier, about 10 minutes ago, about uh, in vitro fertilization and, uh, and I think you said what a great thing it is. And it is a great thing, obviously. But the drawback, there's a dark side to that. What happens is, and I know this because my daughter went through it, they have to harvest X amount of eggs from a woman or get donor eggs from a woman. They fertilize, fertilize them, then they implant them in the woman, and then they watch to see how many take. And if multiple eggs take, i.e. octomom, they give the woman a choice now. Do you want to keep all those fertilized eggs, say four or five of them, and have four or five kids? Well, hey, hold on a second. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't think they just uh, jam a bunch of fertilized eggs into the woman. I don't think they do it that way. It's one at a time. No, no, no. They actually no, do. No, 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 no. I have some. I have some experience. Well, I mean, maybe doctors do it differently, but I, uh, I know that in some cases it's one at a time. I thought I went through it three times. And all right, Chris, I just, I mean, I mean, I know, but it's not, right. there are other ways to do it, and you don't. But and I understand it presents some real ethical issues about uh, fertilized eggs because fertilized eggs are what's another word for that? A person, right, Chris? Person, right, right. Yeah. Tell us more about your daughter's experience. Uh, she had three attempts. They the first two uh, failed, and then the last one, she wound up having a boy and a girl. They're fourteen years old right now. It's an amazing thing. But in the meantime, she had all these eggs, fertilized eggs, that uh, she didn't know what to do with them. So, anyway. But wait a second. Wait a second. Wait, 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 wait. But but, uh, you can fertilize an egg through straight, old-fashioned intercourse, right? That happens. And then, but the egg, it's not a baby unless it, you know, well, it is a baby, but it's got to implant itself on the uterine wall, Right? Right. That's it's got a. Right. I don't think it gets fertilized on the uterine wall. It actually gets fertilized and then lodges on the uterine wall, and then uh, what's that thing called again? Uh, Mastabosis. Uh, what's it called again? That word. Uh, it's a very interesting word about how they it just splits and it grows. Right. I mean, am I wrong about the biology of all this stuff? No, it's, I think they fertilize the egg and then they implant it. So I'm ta- right. Wait, 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 wait. I'm talking about. I'm talking about. Old-fashioned sexual intercourse, right? If you're if you're lucky and you want to have a child, that egg is fertilized before it gets to the uterine wall. Now, let's say it doesn't get to the uterine wall; it just goes away, right? It just kind of uh, it just goes away, right? Self-aborted, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Well, I don't want to call yeah. self-aborted. That sounds kind of 
Well, that, that sounds a little, yeah. uh, wait a second, wait a second. What is this word when a cell, um, embryo grows like crazy? What is that called? Uh, estrogen. What's it called again? Oh, oh it's, I don't know. it's a I crazy don't... word. Come on, somebody help me. Does anybody know it's like mast? Man, all right, never mind. I'm not going to figure it out now. Do you know Diego? You guys? Anybody? No, we don't have any girls around here. Mitosis? No, that's not it. All, all right, right, thank you. I'll be right back. Thanks, buddy. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I'm really hung up on this word. I'm really hung up on this word, what the hell it is about the human embryo. It undergoes multiple cell divisions in a process called mitosis, like you said, but it's not that word. It's something else. At the end of this transition period, the embryo becomes a mass of very organized cells called a blastosis. It's more like that, blastosis, something along those lines. It's now believed that as women get older, this process of early embryo development is increasingly, uh, okay, that's uh, another discussion there. Wow, that's um, that's something. I, it's called something, but I can't recall exactly what it is. All right. Hey, man, whoa, what the hell happened to America? I thought that, uh, you know what we haven't had? Maybe it's, there hasn't been much Holocaust awareness. When I was growing up in the 1970s, there were these amazing television movies about the horrors of the Holocaust. There was also this great documentary series. It was usually on Channel 9 in the afternoons on weekends called The World at War. And they talked a lot about all this, uh, you know, this crazy anti-Semitism that is all over the place. And and it kind of helped. It worked. I mean, we know that anti-Semitism is horrible. And, and Israel was formed, created as a haven against genocide in a way. And now it's it's happening all over again. You know, I hear about something called hipster racism. You know, we kind of grew up knowing what's what, knowing people should be judged by um, the content of their character, not the color of their skin. And you know where we learned this, where I learned this, actually? I learned it in a couple of places. I learned it at home. I learned it in uh, Schubert's school, which was a very diverse school in Baldwin. I also, I guess I learned it a little bit on Sesame Street. You know, Bob and Gordon, they were great friends. Bob died, by the way. The late Bob Gordon is still around. I thought Gordon was the coolest guy in the world. He wore shirts like I used to wear, turtlenecks, and he sang that song, I want a kid like you. If I, if I had a kid, I'd want him to be like you. I just thought it was great. Anyway, um, but the hipster generation, uh, you know, the generation Y, X, whatever the hell you want to call them, the new, uh, the 20 to 35 year olds right now, I think they missed a lot of that. And you'd be surprised how crazy racist and weird they are about a lot of things. Not, all of them, but a lot of them, because they missed it. And I guess they missed the memo on anti-Semitism in the Holocaust. It's incredible. And they're out there yelling and screaming these uh, horrible anti-Semitic tropes. And they're parading in front of the White House. Uh, I noticed that no one's calling that an insurrection. It looked pretty intense to me. 
I saw throngs of people taking over streets, shutting down bridges. But it's not really, um, it's not making the news in any way that seems significant. Why is that? Because they agree with the protesters. They like it. They, they, they're on their side. The powers that be. Yeah, I think that's a big chunk of it. And, um, what a shame and a disgrace, isn't it? I heard Zelensky on Meet the Press yesterday. I think he needs to do less television. After listening to that guy, I'm like, I was kind of sick of him and annoyed with him. I keep seeing these videos of how great things are in Kiev. I also see these videos of how rich some of these guys are, like the defense minister and others in Kiev, and all this money we've thrown their way. Joe Biden tells me, oh, don't worry about it. You're throwing it not away, not to Ukraine, but to arms manufacturers in places like Arizona and Massachusetts. And yeah, talk about the industrial, what do they call it? The military industrial con- uh, c- complex. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. Oh, yeah. Here's Zelensky yesterday. Cut six, please. Former President Trump said that about 24 hours that he can manage it and finish the war. For me, uh, what can I say? If you're not Stop. ready... Stop! That guy has the most unpleasant voice in the world. Doesn't he sound a little... I mean, I know... I I don't know anything about him. I know that everybody says, you're supposed to like this guy. I have my doubts. I have my doubts. I don't... I know this. I keep hearing about democracy. We're going to defend democracy, defend democracy, defend democracy. You know what this guy did? He suspended elections. No elections in, in the democracy until the war is over. You can have an election during a war. We've done it in our country. We do it in our country. We have elections during wars. You don't suspend the democracy. You don't suspend the election because the country's at war. We had one in uh, 1944. We had an election during a war, smack dab in the middle of it. 1952, smack dab in the middle of the Korean War. That was still going on. What else? 68. Another war going on, 2004, another, you see, I don't know, this guy's giving me the creeps lately. He's giving me the creeps. The other thing that we needed to do, oh wait, Joe, uh, what's his name, Obama is uh, out there quite a bit lately, quite a bit. Why am I seeing him all of a sudden, everywhere, he's everywhere, before he was quietly making his billions of dollars, and who knows what else he was up to. Um, but now he's got all of his money. You know, I saw him at this podcast convention, the silly podcast thing. And the guy, I will tell you this, he looks amazing. He is the most like perfectly groomed man in the world. Just looks, you know, not an ounce of fat on him, but you know, just, he's working out twice a day and listen to these, uh, listen to how, remember how pompous this guy was cut 24, please cut 24. If, there's any chance of us being able to act constructively to do something. It will require an admission of complexity and maintaining what on the surface may seem contradictory ideas. That, that what Hamas did was horrific and there's no justification for it. And what is also true is that the occupation and what's happening to Palestinians is is unbearable. Stop! Get your facts straight, Obama. Get your facts straight. There ain't no occupation 
of Gaza. There hasn't been since like 2006. All right. Man, this guy used to, this guy used to run the world. He's clueless. He's clueless and pompous. That's a terrible, terrible, terrible combination. And oh, by the way, he's really trying to stick it to the Jews. Just like when he was president. That's where he's coming from. Barack Hussein Obama. Sorry, but, uh, I think he's got, I think he has, look, everybody has sympathies. His clearly are on the side of the, uh, the people who committed these atrocities. I really think so. I think he, I think he thinks they have a point and they have a genuine grudge. Keep going. And what is also true is that there is a history of the Jewish people that may be dismissed unless your grandparents or your great grandparents or your uncle or your aunt. Stop for a second. Don't be fooled. This is going to be like, oh, well, he does get it. No, he doesn't, actually. On the one hand and on the other hand, that's what he's doing. Keep going. Is about the madness of anti-Semitism. And what is true is that there are people right now who are dying who have nothing to do with what Hamas did. And what is true... Right? I mean, we can go on for a while. And the problem with the social media and trying to TikTok activism and trying to debate this on that is you can't speak the truth. You can pretend to speak the truth. You can speak one side of the truth. And in some cases, you can try to maintain your moral innocence, but that won't solve the problem. And so if you want to solve the problem, then you have to take in the whole truth. And you then have to admit nobody's hands are clean. That What? What? All right. He's ignorant and he's wrong. Nobody's hands are clean. You know whose hands are clean? The 20-year-old girls who went to that concert. The 82-year-old lady who was held in the in the tunnels, I think their hands are clean. The babies who have been slaughtered, I think they're clean too. And he did something similar to this pompous lecture uh, that he gave over the weekend. In 2016, I think it was, uh, five Dallas, Texas cops were slaughtered by some racist maniac who happened to be black in the open fire, right? And he goes to the memorial service and he honors those who were killed, the police officers. But then he goes on to honor the lives of the criminals who lost their lives to police, yes. And that's what motivated the uh, deranged killer. He talked about this one guy who was selling CDs. He was just selling CDs, and his name was uh, Todd, I think. And he was just selling CDs, but every time he cooked, he made sure he cooked for everybody else. He made sure everybody else had enough food. Isn't that a great guy, Todd? Wow, wow, this is really good. Every time he cooked, he made he made sure everybody else. This is the guy who was selling the CDs. What a great guy. Obama left out the uh, fact 
that he was menacing people with a knife, and if you don't buy my CD, I'm going to stab you in the heart. At that point, I really don't care about the what a good old boy he was at the uh, backyard picnic. You know what I mean? And the last thing you do is start talking about this maniac in glowing terms. Oh, wow, he made enough for everybody. Wow, isn't that at the police memorial? Now, that's who he is, and that's what he's doing right here. And he's showing up a lot lately. The other thing, and I think Biden is on thin ice here, but you never know. David Axelrod, Obama's uh, political guru over the weekend, came out and said, uh, it's time for Joe to go. You add that to uh, David Ignatius, uh, the left's favorite political commentator for the Washington Post. He said, it's time for Joe to go a couple of months ago. Very important people are stepping forward and saying, it's time for Joe to go. And then we have this poll I just went through where Biden is trailing in five states after everything Trump has been through. So they're panicking. Now, who's they? Um, that's a good question. The donors, the Democrat donors, and they basically run the Democrat Party, people around Joe Biden. But Joe was so nasty and mean and, and just won't talk to anybody. You can't approach him. You ever notice the type, you know, the boss who's like, you know, throws a temper tantrum. So there's no talking to Joe, and Joe is convinced that he's the only one who can beat Trump. And this is where I get worried, because these polls are like, we've never seen anything like this. A guy doing this well, this early after what he's been through, and all the unfair coverage, that they just might try to rig it, they just might try to steal it, that they just might try to steal it. Should I say again? Steal it again? Okay. Anyway. I have grave concerns about the fairness of the last election. Don't you? I don't say stolen because I technically can't prove that, but I have my doubts about the validity of, of certain states and how they, I know it. I know they broke the rules. I know they broke the law. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Pretty much wall to wall coverage of, uh, Trump, President Trump in that court room downtown uh isn't that amazing he's been indicted what four times arrested twice and he's still crushing joe biden in the polls he's going to war with this judge the judge is totally biased totally flawed must drive them crazy must drive them totally crazy this judge who uh ostensibly dedicated his life to you know upholding the law and being fair and we can all see it we can all see what a fraud he is the judge Holding up Mar-a-Lago is worth $18 million. And, and now he's, what is he? He's spending all of his time defending his clerk. I would tell the clerk to get lost, get another job. Wait a second. You know, I'm supposed to be impartial and fair here. Are you telling me you used to work for Chuck Schumer? Yeah. All right. Get lost. You can't do that. You know, justice is blind. You know, all that stuff. You're putting me in a bad spot here. But no, it's all about how dared Donald Trump talk about this. Hey, is Chris Christie, you know, give it up already. Man, he's still running. He's still being propped up by the fake news. Now, the fake news did not show this, I noticed, uh, when he gets booed to his face. And Chris Christie, who has no talent whatsoever, none, zero, what does he do? What does he bring to the table? He doesn't even have basic political skills. They boo him. He can't figure out a way out of this one instead of just chastising the crowd and and belittling us as if we uh, – where is this? This is in Florida over the weekend. Cut five. Your anger – your anger, your anger against the truth is reprehensible. <laughs> Boo. 
when you think about the problems, when you think about the problems that our country and this world is facing, when you think about that, yeah. this type of pettiness, this type of pettiness is beneath Beneath you mean like setting up those cones at the Washington Bridge, GW? I think that's beneath the president. How about going and, to the beach when everybody can't? And as people, and as people watch today, as people watch today, if your arguments are so strong, if your arguments are so great, and mine are so bad, yeah, then just keep quiet. Why? Let me make my awful arguments. And then you can just reject them out of hand. But it's, the problem it's more is... more fun to boo you, especially when you're demeaning everybody. Is, the problem is you fear the truth. <laughs> the problem is you want to shout down any voice that says anything different. Seems like he's the one doing the shouting down. And you can continue to do it. And believe me, believe me, it doesn't bother me one bit. I'm sure, yeah, because it just, I don't know. I think 0% in the polls is probably bothering him a little bit. I think, oh, by, man, I could have run for president in 2012. I actually had a shot. Now I don't. That's probably bothering him a little bit. How about the fact that he can't articulate, you know, how is it that the guy who was one of the first people to endorse President Trump in 2016, right after he got his ass beat by Trump, and even help them get ready for debates against Joe Biden in 2019 and 2020, flipped and now is the ultimate Trump uh, opponent. Oh, he's such a threat. He's this, that, and the other thing. Is it all because of January 6th? Because if he does, and I think it is in part because of January 6th, but that shows you what a fraud he is, that he won't tell the truth about January 6th, that he won't tell the truth about the election. It's a bad guy, especially when he talks about all of his uh, experience as a prosecutor. That's when you know. All right, that Chris Christie is a fake and a liar. All right, I'm telling you, when he starts to talk about his U.S. attorney experience, because he was never a prosecutor, never a prosecutor. He got appointed by George W. Bush because he raised money. And that's one of the big problems with politics. you got to give jobs to people who raise money for you. <laughs> Just a terrible, terrible, terrible thing. Nothing about experience, nothing about ability. And he walks around like he's uh, Elliot Ness or, uh, you know, just he's, or uh, Frank Hogan. Who knows who Frank Hogan is? The great late DA from this county, New York County, also known as Manhattan. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, uh,. I gotta play you guys this. It's my what date is today? Um, it's my daughter speaking Spanish. It's my daughter speaking Spanish. Now I can't get her to say much to me, but she will say things to the in Spanish because I don't know Spanish. But she will say things to the babysitter, which is pretty cool. She speaks Spanish, and sometimes she only speaks to her in Spanish. And my daughter knows Spanish, and you know what I know? I know the vicarious thrill of um, your son or daughter doing something that you can't do. You know what I mean? It's like somehow I feel like this benefits me that she can speak Spanish. I know it's no big deal. Diego, you've been speaking Spanish longer than you've been speaking English. But to me, who is a, uh, you know, 
unilingual kind of guy, unilingual one language, although I can get by in French much more than I uh, realized I could. I was over in Paris and I was like, I was talking to the French. I was pretty amazed. I was amazed with myself. But day in and day out, you don't get to do that. And um, anyway, I'm very, very pleased. I just sent you the clip, okay, the Spanish clip. And she's saying stuff in Spanish, and it's a wonderful thing to hear. But as we get ready for that, uh, we are waiting for the official certification of this uh, trans shooter, if this is or not uh, uh, a manifesto from that Aubrey Hale, the nut job shooter who killed all those kids at that Nashville Catholic school several months ago. As we wait for that, here's something uh, bizarre in a different way. I'm reminded of Joe Biden's corn pop story. Now, why does that come up? I was reading a book over the weekend. It's called Breaking Biden, and it's by Alex Marlowe of Breitbart News. It's a very good book, and there's stuff in there that I didn't even realize um, about Joe, and I thought I had all of his gaffes. Here's the one where he goes on about his sister. Do you have that one? That's from the Wired clip, all right? Let's listen to this. This is Joe Biden. It's going to take a few moments, but it says something very uh, inappropriate and weird, as usual, for Joe, but I've never heard him talk about this topic like this. Go ahead. Is Joe Biden a vegan? No, Joe Biden's not a vegan, although my wife is pushing me. Most of the meals I eat, quite frankly, don't have meat. A lot of chicken, a fair amount of fish. I'm big on ice cream. And uh, that puts me in real trouble. You know what I mean? And so after all these years, it's very disappointing to be known for two things. My Ray-Bans and ice cream. It's pretty dull. Okay, does Joe Biden have a brother? I'm lucky I have two younger brothers. I'm the oldest of three, and I've got a sister who's the love of my life. Does Stop! Joe Biden have a- he has a sister who's the love of his life. Uh, uh, gross? Inappropriate? Weird? That's Joe. This is a couple. Keep going with this, please. It's one I got when I got named vice president of the United States by Barack. It was bribery on the part of my family. They said, if you agree, we'll get you a dog again. So I have a dog named Champ. He's getting to be an old guy. And to keep him young, we went out and got another dog from the rescue center. And his name is Major. Does Joe Biden have a law degree? Yes, I do. I have a law degree from Syracuse University. I've practiced law for a while here in Delaware. Did Joe Biden ever serve in the military? No, I haven't, but we're a military family. My son, Bo, served in the military, passed away, spent a year in Iraq, won the Bronze Star, Conspicuous Service Medal, and a number of other uh, commendations. Did Joe Biden ever have a job? <laughs> Yeah, I've had a job. I used to be a lifeguard for years. And when I ran for the United States Senate, they said, well, why why do you want a 29-year-old guy who's only been a lifeguard? Well, the truth was I was a practicing lawyer. I've been a public defender, and I had my own small law firm. But I got elected when I was 29, and then I had another job, although I guess people don't consider being a senator a job. That's that right. We don't, job. actually. We don't. We don't. We don't. It's, 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 it's public dole. All right? It's amazing. It's a shame you guys even cash a paycheck. Get a paycheck. It's incredible. All that stuff that accrued to his benefit, his family's benefit, financial benefit, a, a handshake and a dopey smile and uh, hustling for himself and his own reputation. And you know what? When you're a senator, you're, you're your own boss, 29. He made it sound like he had some sort of substantial resume before he became uh, a senator. He didn't. You know, he's 29. Uh, you get out of law school when you're 25. He became a councilman, a city councilman, when he was 27. 
So this guy had two years, two years in the rough and tumble of life. <laughs> that's it. And he's rearranging society, isn't that? I mean, that's a, he mentioned the lifeguard job. And don't remember, don't forget, that's where he encountered Corn Pop. Remember Corn Pop? Listen to this. This is one of the most horrifically odd things ever uttered by an American. Forget American president. Forget a senator. Forget just an American person. His uh, gibberish about Corn Pop. Now, mind you, when he says all this stuff, he's outside a public pool, and he's surrounded by about 15 children, all of whom happen to be black, black girls for the most part. And this is how Joe talks. Go ahead with cut 23. I learned a lot. And I learned that uh, it makes a difference. This was the driving board area, and I was one of the guards. And there were a lot of, there was a three-meter board. And if you fell off sideways, you landed on the, damp, uh, the darn cement over there. <laughs> and Corn Pop was a bad dude. And he ran a bunch of bad boys. And I did. And back in those days, you show how things have changed. One of the things you had to use, if you used pomade in your hair, you had to wear a bathing cap. Children, he's talking to. So he was up on the board, wouldn't listen to me. I said, hey, Esther, you, off the board, or I'll come up and drag you off. Well, he came off, and he said, I'll meet you outside. My car, this was mostly, these were all public housing behind it. My car, there was a gate out here. I parked my car outside the gate. And I, he said, I'll be waiting for you. He was waiting for three guys in straight racers. Not a joke. There was a guy named Bill Wright, Mouse, the only white guy, and he did all the pools. He was the mechanic. And I said, what am I going to do? He said, come down here in the basement where mechanics, where, where, where all the pool f- f- filter is. You know, the chain, there used to be a chain that went across the deep end. And he cut off a six-foot length of chain. He folded up. He said, "You walk out." There are for that chain. There are kids. It's all. It's a all children audience. It's fascinating. Keep going a little bit more. And you walk to the car and say, "You may cut me, man, but I'm going to wrap this chain around your head." <laughs> I said, "You kidding me?" He said, "No. If you don't, don't come back." And he was right. So I walked out with the chain, and I walked up to my car. And they had, in those days, you used to remember the straight razor, you'd bang them on the curb, get them rusty, put them in a rain barrel, get them rusty. And I looked at them, but I was smart then. I said, first of all, I said, when I tell you to get off the board, you get off the board, and I'll kick you out again. But I shouldn't have called you, Esther Williams. I apologize for that. <laughs> I apologize, but I didn't know that apology was going to work. He said, you apologize to me? I said, I apologize for that, not for throwing you out. But I apologize for what I said. He said, okay, close the straight razor, and my heart began to beat again. And then he goes on about the blonde the blonde hair on his leg. We got out before the blonde hair. He's got blonde hair and roaches and that would stand up. And the man is uh, devoid of ability. However, in this Alex Marlowe book, he says, it's interesting, Joe actually is very good at some things. And working the system with zero to like no ability, he works the system masterfully and he's an egoist. And it's a weird thing he also has going. It doesn't like matter what you say about him. The humiliation that he's had to endure would take out other people. Now you could say, well, what about Trump? Well, what about Trump? Yeah. Trump has never self immolated. This guy has 
the mistakes that he has made, the lies, the plagiarism, all that. So you can never catch Trump in any of that stuff. What about the 10,052 lot? No, they're not actually. I've proven that many, many times. We'll do it again. Hello, Adam. Welcome back. Our friend, uh, not from Mineola, but he's still saying he's from Mineola. I don't understand why you do that, uh, Adam. It's okay to say you're from Hempstead, two towns over. Hello. You, you, you there. All right. Well, you you was in Baldwin. I mean, all that's in, in the same area. Baldwin, Hempstead, Freeport. Mm, yeah, well, I say I grew up in Baldwin, and then I moved in second grade to Garden City. I went from Baldwin. We went through Hempstead right to Garden City. You are one town over from Mini from Mineola. Okay. And let's face it, uh, not too many black people live in Mineola. Oh, they do now, though. They got a lot of apartment yeah, buildings not over as, there. Not, not as much as in Hempstead. Not that it makes any difference, but I'm just Adam. I love it that you call. Uh, but every day you tell us you're from, uh, Mineola when you're not. I, I mean, I've never heard anybody lying about being from Mineola. It's not like, you know, I don't know. It's, I, I just don't under, I don't get it. Okay, sir. Maybe, uh, maybe lie yeah. is too, uh, strong a word. I don't mean, I don't want to make you feel bad here or anything, but you know what? You might as well just say you're from Hempstead. You ever go to the White uh, Castle okay. in Hempstead? Yeah. Actually, it's in West Hempstead. I love that. Do right, you, West Hempstead. Do, right, you, right. do you remember Times Square stores? Are you that, are you, have you been there that long? PSS. Yes. That I'll was, be 62 years old in over this month. I miss that Times Square store. What else? Uh, they used to have a great, they had Abraham and Strauss, A&S in Hempstead. They got rid of that. Uh, they got rid of a lot of things. They, they had a beautiful hobby store on Fulton Street that they got rid of. Anyway, I'm uh, I'm fond of Hempstead, and I know it well. Uh, Adam, how can I help? What's up? Your boy Trump is over there, you know, testifying and like prosecution, uh, some type of political prose- prosecution is happening to him. But we need him to talk about the money and the facts of the case that he's being sued for, sir. Can he defend that without talking about political prosecution? What do you want him to say that he's not saying? He's he's fighting for his life, man. You know he's allowed to. What, what, what do you want to? What do you want him to say that he's not saying? Tell me, sorry, man. Maybe you can keep some of the millions, baby. You know. Sorry. So you believe all this stuff? You think these are righteous prosecutions? You think that just you know regular law enforcement types and you know regular people just doing their jobs and hmm, this seems out of line. Hmm. Oh wow, we have that. Oh, this sounds very. You think it just happened that way? Yeah, you notice that, you know, they discover that some of this stuff is going down in 2011 and in 2023, the year before the election, this is when they decide to file the lawsuit. You don't find that suspicious at all? Sir, so many people have been prosecuted years later. It's a shame. Oh, years later. Well, actually, no, they have a thing called the statute of limitations, which they got rid of. They passed a law. So they could go after Trump. They pat, they passed a law. The governor Hoke will sign it. That you can be some whack job with a story from 25 years ago and come forward. Look, Adam, I'm sorry you can't see, we don't see things eye to eye on this at all, but, uh, uh, what a, well, at least we got Hempstead in common, right? We love that Times Square store and A&S and, uh, what else was there? Uh, uh, yeah, you know, Corinne Jean-Pierre is from Hempstead. 
I didn't know that. Yeah, she is. Hey, you know that David Patterson, the governor, is from Hempstead? He flipped to Republican now, seemed like. Nah, he's still a Democrat. He's still a Democrat. He's like, no, he's like a yes man for John Casamitini's now, like a yes man. Hey, let me ask you something, Adam. Let me ask you something, Adam. Do you have a boss at the airport? Do you have a boss at the airport? Uh, Let me guess. Let me guess. I have a feeling you agree with your boss about everything, right? And, oh, by the way, uh, 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 Governor Patterson has plenty of leeway when it comes to the editorial, okay? We we all, you know, it doesn't work that way in talk radio, Okay. Uh, we love our boss, just like you love your boss, Adam. Um, thank you for the call. And stop trying to make people uncomfortable around here. Yeah. Um, I agree with the boss. Uh, but I have, it happens to be more than the perfunctory, you know what I mean? Uh, everybody has to agree with the boss. I love the boss. We have a, we have a legend here, John Katsimati, a total legend. And you should read his book too. A lot of self-help stuff in there. And, uh, if you read it, maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe you'd be, maybe you'd be in charge of that bus company. Maybe you'd be running the show. I'm serious, Adam. There's still time. Let me do one more. The amazing Barbara from Huntington. Hello, Barbara. Hi, Greg. Your show on Friday night was fabulous. It was so tight and fact filled and powerful. Uh, it was amazing. Um, you mentioned on the show though, the media saying that Israel is losing the PR war. And I know you commented about that. Well, Golda Meir had something to say about that. She said, the world hates a Jew who hits back. The world loves us only when we are to be pitied. Wow, that's powerful, too. I uh, I quoted Golda Meir about that other thing about the children. That was very powerful. Would you mind sending that along to me? That Golda Meir, what a... What a powerful, strong woman. There's a movie out about her right now named Golda. I gotta go see it. I also gotta see I the will. new Scorsese one. What else? Would you like to hear another quote by she- her that I think is very powerful? She said, if we have to choose between being dead and pitied and being alive with a bad image, we'd rather be alive and have the bad image. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> These people. They're so wise. They get it. They're savvy and, uh, nobody tougher than that gold in my ear. Wow. Uh, that's, that's, that's amazing stuff. Um, yeah, the PR war, all this stuff that they have, uh, no, they've got bigger fish to fry and they're in, uh, they're in trouble right now. They need our support. Barbara, all else is good. The, uh, funeral and everything, is that over? Yes. Yes. That's over. And we're just trying to deal with our grief and, uh, remember our brother. Yeah, Barbara, your younger brother. We're so sorry. A great guy. The principal, right? Middle school principal. And why is it tough to be a middle school principal? He was an educator. He started out as a shop teacher, and he worked his way up in administration to be um, an administrator and the principal of this big consolidated high school that sat out in the midst of cornfields outside of Fort Wayne, Indiana. And they, the school loved him. Everyone loved him. He had such a good sense of humor, and he was such a fair and smart man. And he had a wonderful career there. And that, the, those 11 years there were the last of his career. Then he retired and was helping to take care of his two young grandchildren. Amazing guy. Um, a wonderful man. Unsung hero, if you will. Barbara, thank you for sharing. Uh, give me a, I'm sorry, give me his name one more time. Jerry Paul Clousing. Jerry Paul Clousing. And, uh, no, thank you. And we thank Jerry Paul 
And, uh, these guys make the world go round. And, uh, we thank you also for all the wisdom you, uh, you impart upon us. Thank you, Barbara. And I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. How's Rudy doing? He's good to go. He's here. All right. Excellent. Rudy Giuliani, America's mayor, standing by. You know, late last week, I uh, reported I was one of the few people, quite frankly, in the world. I don't know why the hell everybody acts like such a snob or they bury their head in the sand about this stuff. But Joe Biden's sister-in-law wrote Joe Biden a check for $40,000 sometime in uh, 2018. It's totally weird. It totally undermines, not only undermines, destroys, obliterates the argument that the never did business with the family or talk business. They're in business like crazy, getting loans. These are kickbacks, we we think. Um, it's very suspicious, at the very least, and that so much of the media will not acknowledge it, even conservative media. Now, Fox News, I watched that Fox News Sunday show over the weekend. Shannon Bream, living the Bream. What a silly name for a podcast. I'm living the bream. She didn't even mention it. She's just so tickled to be there. And she's very much a corporate uh, type, you know, bo- we'll hear from, uh, we'll hear from Democrats and Republicans. <laughs> just we'll hear from never Trumpers and never, never Trumpers. Uh, $40,000. Very, very. All right. I got to take, I got to split, but I'm curious uh, very quickly. Uh, Carlotta. Yeah. Hi. Two things. One. Uh, I don't have time. I'll try. From that Breaking Biden book, what about when he was talking about how hot his dead wife was? You'll have to talk about that next week. Well, I know what he said. Yeah, he, he, in the Kitty Kelly interview uh, from 1974, he went on and on about how, how much sex he had with his wife. And I mean, it's it was just inappropriate. Oh, he also like told an anti-Semitic joke in that article. I know. Yes, he said, now, yeah, my, my, my wife's a babe. Yeah, all that stuff. It was too much. Carlotta, thank you. Call me back tomorrow. Natalie is in Setauket. Hello. Hi, Greg. I just wanted to tell you really quick. I grew up in Hempstead, lived there for 30 years until I got married, lived there for another in Baldwin for another 30. Slow down. Adam, and, yeah. Adam is not right. Adam is not from Mineola. If he's from Hempstead, they are not close. Well, wait a second. You know, oh, wait, 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 I've, I've debunked Adam being from Mineola, as you've done. And he, he continues to insist that he's from Mineola, but he acknowledges that he's actually in Hempstead. Uh, Hempstead is very close to Mineola. Yeah, it's not that close. It's pretty close. Go you gotta go all the way through Garden City first. Well, it's that's, the, how, how far do you think that is? That's like two miles. It's pretty close. It's about two miles. It's like, but to say that you're from Mineola when I, you're all the way from Natalie, from- I already gave him a hard time about this. I mean, I, you know, you heard me. I busted his chops playfully. I mean, not playfully. I don't want to talk about playfully and chops. But anyway, you know what I mean. I gave him a hard time. He still says he's from Mineola. And let me look at this. Um, it is 2.2 miles from the Hempstead line to the Mineola line on Franklin Avenue. Exactly. Well, that's it makes me two questions. It makes me wonder why he's saying Mineola instead of Hempstead. Well, I, I mean, it, it, what? I got to go. There's the music. Hey, Natalie, thank you very much. Um, Adam's a good guy. I know he uh, he fibs here and there. But uh, anyway, to be continued. Many thanks.